Hope everybody's doing well this morning. It's a beautiful day. I thought this morning that today would have been one of the days that would have been good to meet outside, which has been about a year since uh, when we first started meeting outside, and uh, today would have been a good day for that. So I'm thankful that the Lord has blessed us. The subject that I have on my mind this morning, maybe it's uh, it's it's from the Lord. I feel like it is. Uh, Heath and Madison, this is not a sermon directed at you because this was in the workings uh, long before that information came out. But the subject I have on my mind today is children. So if nobody else needs to be paying attention, I guess you two probably need to be paying attention, right? But used to, when, when uh, Tiffany and I first came to Bethlehem, which was about 11 years ago, the subject of children, and I was not preaching at that time, but the subject of children was preached on very regularly. And I remember, I think it was on Wednesday nights that Brother Tim went through a series on raising children. And uh, I, I can tell you that that particular time in our life, we, you know, Emma was probably two, uh, maybe two and a half. Bailey was, was an infant or not even born yet. But listening to somebody preach about raising and training up children and from the biblical perspective has been a, a huge impact in our life. You know, uh, we're kind of we're uh, just kind of parenting blindly, I guess you would say. But hearing those things talk was a huge benefit to us. And it has been quite a while. You know, we touch on uh, raising children periodically, but um, it's not something that's preached about as much anymore. And it just kind of dawned on me is because there are not as many children in the congregation anymore. Not because there's been a mass exodus, but they've just all grown up, you know, and they uh, now they're having kids, you know. So, you know, the eight and 10 year old way back then, you know, now is now the 20 year old. So we do have some children in here, but there was a time when we first came, you know, you would you couldn't walk without tripping over a young child. They were just everywhere. And it's been a blessing to watch them grow up. But obviously, we've got a few young ones still and we're going to have some more young ones coming along. And uh, so we may see a second wave of children having children coming on. So uh, the, the topic of raising children from a biblical perspective is very important. It's, it's been, uh, as I said, very important in my life. So if I was going to title this sermon, I would title it Ornaments or Crowns. Ornaments or Crowns. One of the signs, if you read through the Bible, of a declining nation is that the Bible tells us in Isaiah, the the third chapter, that children will be their rulers and children will be their oppressors. Now think about that for a second. That's where uh, ornaments or crowns, that's where the crown comes from. It says children will be princes over them. They will be rulers over the people. They will be oppressors over the people. And I read a writing some time ago that spoke of children and it said, you know, we're living in a time where children have never been more egotistical and arrogant and disrespectful and disobedient and prideful. And uh, I'm glad to say that we don't see that here. Um, but when you go out in public, you know, it's not uncommon to to actually see that uh, manifested before your very eyes, that children are ruling over a lot of homes. And what I mean by that is, you know, a simple example would be if there's something that a child wants that um, that a parent doesn't necessarily want them to have. And that child throws a fit and that parent, because that child has thrown a fit, gives them what they want. Well, that child is ruling that child has a crown upon their head and they are ruling that household. Does that make sense to you? So the sign, one sign of a declining nation is that children will be rulers and oppressors. And certainly you can see, not, not here, but as in our nation, 
that there are a lot of homes, there are a lot of areas where children are in charge. Now, we don't we don't tell them they're in charge and we don't uh, we don't announce that they're in charge. But it's very easy to see that children are making the decisions and ruling. Right. So let's look at it from a biblical perspective. Just a second. I'd like to say this as a little disclaimer also before we start. A mother and a father can take a child and raise them exactly like the Bible tells you to raise them. And that is no guarantee that they're going to turn out to be the best people in the world. Because the Lord himself says, I have nourished and brought up my children and they have rebelled against me. So is there any greater father than than God Almighty? And the Bible even says, the Lord says, what could I have done for you that I've not already done? What could I have given you that I've not already given you? The best father that has ever been is God the Father. And even in, uh, even still, his children rebel against him. So if you're sitting there thinking, well, my children maybe didn't turn out exactly like I wanted to. Maybe they've been wearing a crown too long. That doesn't necessarily mean you have failed as a parent. Because in the end, at the end of the day, as children grow, they make their own decisions. What I'm trying to teach you today is to give your child the best chance at growing up to be, uh, if the Lord has done a work of grace in their heart, to be uh, a godly person that is profitable in the kingdom of God. There are some principles that we need to apply to our training up and raising of them. Okay, so I've said this before, whether we do right or whether we do wrong, we make it easier for our kids to do the same. Does that make sense? If I do something that's wrong and it's a habit and I continue to do it, I'm making it that much easier for my kids to follow suit. Now, if I go over here and I try to live godly and walk godly and be a faithful church member and faithful in the kingdom of God, I'm making it easier for my children to do the same. So whether we do right or whether we do wrong, we make it easier for our children to do the same. So Speaking of giving children the best chance at being profitable citizens in the kingdom of God, there are many different things that I think that they need from not just us as parents, but from the community. You know, the old saying, it takes a village to raise a child. If I tell my child one thing scripturally, that this is something we need to do and everybody else is doing something different, I've got my work cut out for me. But when I tell my children, you know, maybe for example, I tell my girls like this is what modesty looks like when you are dressing. It makes it a whole lot easier for them to soak that up if they look around and everybody else is teaching their daughters the same thing. If I tell my children that this is a danger for you, it makes it easier for them to absorb that when everybody else they see is doing the same thing, teaching the same thing. So it does take a village to raise a child. And I'm so thankful that our children have been brought up in a place in this church where when they look around, they pretty much see what we teach them is the same thing all the other kids are taught. I'm thankful for that. But I want to look at three things, if I've got time here, three things that children need that will help them be profitable citizens in the kingdom of God. If you have your Bible, if you'll turn over to Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter for just a moment. And some of this you will have heard before, because I'm sure you've heard Brother Tim preach it. Uh, I've touched on a few of these things before. One of the things that our children need that I've heard Brother Tim mention before is our time. 
And we like to use the phrase quality time. And don't get me wrong, I like quality time. You know, last night it was late, it was dark, it was probably, I don't know, eight, nine o'clock, the sun had long been set. And I was sitting on the end of the pier with one boy on one side and one boy on the other side with our fishing poles in the water. We only caught two. But we had some great conversations about nothing. And it was great quality time with them. But they need more than quality time. What the Bible teaches is they need quantity time. They need our time in great amounts. And let's read this for just a second. Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter. Starting in verse 18, it says, Therefore shall ye lay up these words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. And ye shall teach them your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down and when thou risest up. And thou shalt write them upon the doorpost of thine house and upon thy gates. Now notice the four things there, I believe it was four, that he says that we're to teach our children. It says when we, we're to speak of them when we sit in our house, when we walk by the way, when we lie down, and when we rise up. So he's got the entire day covered right there. Brother Neil, I believe it was Brother Neil, said one time that we do not live, as the Bible says, train up, your, train up a child in the way he shall go, and when he's old he shall not depart from it. Brother Neil made the point that we're not living in a train-up society, we're living in a drop-off society. In a society where, and I thought that was very good, in a society where we're just, uh, you know, putting our kids over here, and once they're done with that, we're going to put them over here, and once they're done with that, we put them over here, and we put them over here. And so, uh, from the time they get up, we basically, as parents, are just getting them ready and sending them off, and the next thing really we have to do with them is we're feeding them and putting them to bed. That's a, that's a drop-off society. But the Bible says we're to train them up. If anybody's ever trained a dog or trained a horse or trained any kind of animal, you know it takes a lot of time and a lot of repetition. And so the Bible is teaching the point here that it's not so much the quality of the time we're spending, which is important, but it's the quantity of it. Now, we all have different different lives and different schedules. And let me say this, and I've said it before, Brother Tim said it before, this is not a homeschool church. I hope it's never labeled as a homeschool church because I'll be the first to tell you homeschooling is not for everybody, right? We homeschool because it suits us. Some people may not, and that's okay. The Bible doesn't necessarily teach that you got homeschool. What I'm teaching you here is whatever time you've got, you need to be devoting it to your children because they're only there for a season, right? So... Spending time with our children, maybe you go off to work, when you come home, if there are activities that are taking place that, you know, you've got to work, you've got to make a living, but when you get home, if there are activities taking place that are prohibiting you from spending this kind of time with them, you really need to think about those activities. Because the Bible says we're to be speaking and teaching our children all day long, but you can't do that if you're not with them. I hope that makes sense. The Bible says that a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. All right, that's showing you the other side of it. 
This is telling you that if you spend the time with your children, if you're bringing them close to you, taking the opportunities to teach them, spend time with them, it says that your days may be multiplied in the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon earth. You want to know what heaven upon earth is? He's describing it right here. The other spectrum of that, the end of the spectrum, is a child that's just left to themselves. There's a, almost a guarantee what's going to happen. Right. That child is going to bring shame, right? A very common scenario that you may see in today's society is, here, take this and quit bothering me. Take this and entertain yourself because I got stuff I want to be doing. Look, there's a season of life that the main influence in my children's life is supposed to be Tiffany and myself, not this, not the TV, not the video game. And I'm not saying those things are bad, but they've got to be done in moderation and they are not babysitters and they are not substitutes for this. Time is what they need. I remember when I got married, my dad told me, he said, listen, one day you may have kids. And he said, they're going to crave your time and attention. If I've got an op- if I give my kids the option, do you want to go play on this for a while? Or do you want to go sit on the end of that pier and go fishing? I promise you, I can tell you what they're going to do. They're going to throw this in the garbage because there's something inside of them that craves time. And we better give it to them. You better, if you've got a busy schedule, you better, for your child's sake, carve out some time to give them. Okay? Time. I read a little story one time I thought was very clever. Very, very convicting story. And it was about this potter. And I may have shared this with you before. And he sat down at his potter's wheel and he put a big lump of clay out there. And he had a vision in his mind of what he wanted that clay to look like. He wanted to make a, pit, a pitcher, a pot out of it. And in the potter's mind, he envisioned it having a very wide base and a very slender neck where it came out and, and you would pour and it had a long, skinny, curving handle. And so he sits down at that potter's wheel and he begins to put his hand on that clay and he, he, and he begins to um, mold it and shape it and the phone rings. So he gets up and he goes to the phone and, and he's on kind of a time crunch. So he gets somebody else to come in there and work on the pot. And so he comes back and he keeps working on the pot. And a little bit later, something else comes along. And I don't remember all the details. And he hops up. And so the story of this potter and his pot is that he's constantly having to get up or wanting to get up and go attend to something else. And other people are molding and shaping. So when the pot is done, he looks at the pot and it looks nothing like what he had in his mind that it would look like. So he brings the people that helped him there and he scolds them saying, this is not at all what I wanted this to look like. And to which those people reply to him, if you wanted this to look a certain way, you should have kept your hands on it more. Now, I want you to think about that in terms of parenting. These little children that we have running around are clay, are just are just piles of clay. And if we're going to mold them and shape them in what God's vision of a child is, we got to keep our hands on them. We've got to spend that time with them. Now, let me move on for the sake of time. The second thing children need to have the best chance to be profitable citizens in the kingdom of God is instruction. All right, so turn to Proverbs, the first chapter, for just a second. Proverbs, the first chapter. And I want to read to you verse 9. Or verse 8, I'm sorry. My son... 
hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. You remember I told you the title of the sermon was Crowns and Ornaments? Well, we see in a declining nation that children are the rulers and the oppressors and the kings. And they've got a little crown sitting up on their head, calling the shots. You don't want your children to have crowns. Because that's the sign that the Lord is bringing his chastisement upon us. You want ornaments. And it says, my son, hear the instruction of thy father. Now listen, you read through the book of Proverbs you almost get like to, to you know, the, to Solomon, some of the people that wrote Proverbs, David, some of the people that wrote Proverbs. Say, hey, we got it. We got that a father and mother are supposed to instruct their children and the children should listen because they say it over and over and over. Why? Because it's important. Now, listen, <clears throat> the word ornament there means to hang something on something else to make it more lovely. Right. Now, when you think about an ornament, everybody here thinks about a Christmas tree, right? What if you came to our house one day and we had this bare, naked Christmas tree with nothing on it? And they said, hey, are y'all decorating for Christmas? Yeah, we're finished. Look at this. Look at my tree. Now, that does not float in Tiffany's home, right? Tiffany likes the Southern Living Trees. So she gets in there and instead of you coming to our house... And seeing that bare tree, which you would be like, oh, bare tree. That thing needs some ornaments hanging on it. Tiffany goes in there and works her magic on it. And the next thing you know, she's hanging ornaments and doing all these things. And it makes it so much more lovely. Does it not? That's what a child that has heard and applied the instruction of their parents, their preacher, their godly, the godly people in their community. They are looked at not as a bare tree but it's something lovely, something wonderful, something pleasing to the eye. Listen, I am so thankful that the children and young adults here, they are wonderfully decorated with these ornaments. I'm thankful for that. A child needs our instruction. It's hard to give them our instruction if we're not ever with them. Do you see how all these kind of go hand in hand? You guys know that our, our girls are into horses and all that stuff, and they took an interest in that. And I, I'll say this. Make your children's interest your interest. When they're grown and gone, you can pick back up your other hobbies. Somebody asked me the other day, what are your hobbies? My hobbies are wherever my kids' hobbies are. Our girls have gotten into horses, so I get my own horse. I'm going to ride with them. I'm going to be with them. I'm going to talk with them. And, and, and they like to do barrel races and stuff like that. And I was telling Tiffany this morning as we talked about some of these things. That has given me such an opportunity to instruct them. When they go out and they run a race and, and that horse comes out, if they ran a terrible race and I'm sitting there waiting on them, guess what I've got the opportunity to do? I've got the opportunity to teach them how to handle things not turning out like they wanted. What if they come out and they just smoked it and they did just the best run they've ever run? I've got an opportunity to teach them about humility. But if I'm not with them, I can't do that. If I'm with them and I fail to instruct them, they've left there with me missing a great opportunity to teach them. Whatever my kids are doing, that's what I'm going to be doing. 
Because one day I'll be standing there looking around like, where'd they go? You know, some of y'all are getting there. and It's, it's, it's kind of happy but sad to see. So I guess you can do it with your grandkids, right? You got to be there and you got to take those opportunities to instruct them. And the more you instruct them, the more ornaments you're hanging on them. And the more ornaments you hang on them, the more lovely they become. Crowns or ornaments. Now, the Bible talks about leaving an inheritance to your children. We always think of that in, you know, as money. Listen, if you want to leave your children something, leave them a legacy of instruction. Amen. Because they'll take that legacy and they'll pass it on to their children. Right. You've got to spend time with them. You've got to know what the Word of God says to be able to instruct them. The third thing let me give you here that children must have in order to be profitable citizens in the kingdom of God is discipline. Now, that's the one that nobody likes to talk about. Uh, a child should never be punished. A child should be chastised. That's a Bible word. When you talk about punishment, you are inflicting something on somebody because they have done something wrong and you're not doing it with any thought of them ever changing. A person that goes out and kills somebody and they're sentenced to a life in jail, they're not receiving that life sentence with anybody thinking that's going to change them at all. They're just being punished. But chastisement is when you uh, when you are applying discipline to a child or to anything in hopes of making it better, more mature or whatever. That's what chastisement is. And the Bible says uh, as many as the Lord loves, he rebukes and chastens. We receive chastisement from the Lord. Now, why? Why does a child need discipline? Because the Bible tells us that man that is born of woman is but a few days and full of trouble. The Bible also tells us that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Now, that's something that was foreign to me till I came here and started listening to Brother Tim and Brother Neil talk about raising your children. And another thing, I'm not trying to quote Brother Neil a thousand times tonight, today, but one of the things that Brother Neil pointed out was he was talking about an infant that's laying, uh, that's laying in its crib. It's, hung, it's full. It's just been fed. Its diaper has been changed. It's dry. It's got all the worldly comforts it could possibly want. And yet it's still screaming and crying like something's wrong. Brother Neil made the point there. That's deceitful. That baby's got everything it needs, but its foolishness is bound in him just cries for attention. And I thought about that. It's like, you know what? That's a good point. I've also heard other preachers say that you never have to teach your children to be selfish. You never have to teach your children to lie. You never have to, to teach your t- children to smatch and say, that's mine. Those things come naturally because foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Therefore, they need discipline because the Bible says foolishness is bound in the, uh, the heart of a child, but the rod of corrections shall drive it far from him. The Bible talks about he that spareth the rod hateth his son, but he that uh, uh, chastises him uh, loves his son. So the, the rod of correction is not meant to punish a child. The rod of correction is meant to train a child and drive the foolishness far from him. Right. Now, and I encourage you to go through and read the book of Proverbs one day about the, the different things it says about training a child. Too often times a child needs chastisement and discipline, but we don't do it. And every time we don't do it, they get better and better at doing the thing that required chastisement. That's just how kids are. That's how we all are. 
So children need discipline. The Bible says about he that spareth the rod. And it says, if you love your children, you'll chastise them and you'll do it early. Not early in the morning, but early in their life. You know, my parents, thankfully, they didn't spare the rod. I was as afraid of my daddy's paddle, switch, flyswatter, whatever, as any man that has ever lived. But you know, I can barely remember ever getting one. Because he did it while I was young. And it made a huge impression on me that I still carry to this day. But yet I don't really remember even getting a spanking very much. Now I do remember a couple of them. If we do it and we do it correctly, we get the end result that we're looking for. But contrary to what the psychologist says, you don't warp them forever. But now if you're just punishing them day after day after day, yeah, you're probably going to mess them up. But if you chastise them and you do it in love and you do it before they get, uh, you know, in their in their teens, it has a great effect on their life. Now, I'm out of time here, so let me close. This is something you could spend weeks and weeks and weeks on preaching. And I'm thankful that Brother Tim spent that time early on when we came, when we had a young child, because I learned so much from it. Well, maybe we can go back and revisit these things some, someday again and, and explain some of them more. A child that is ruling over a household is a curse to that household. A child that is uh, decorated with ornaments is a blessing to that household. If you want to have a child decorated in ornaments, you've got to give them the time that they need. Things in your life have got to die off. You go into, you go into a, a, you know, for me, young fatherhood, I've got these young children coming along. Things had to die to me. I had to put off Luke and Luke's interest for a while so I could focus on these children because they need my quantity time. They also need my instruction and they need my discipline. Those three things are things that are greatly missing in our nation as far as raising children go. But I am thankful, as I said again, that I don't see that missing here. And because of that, when I walk in here and I see the faces of these kids and some of these kids that are no longer kids, and I, I mean, you can't even see them. They've got so many ornaments on them. It just blesses my heart because you know who's watching? My kids are watching your older kids and they're learning and soaking up from them. It's not just about being a father or a mother. It's about being in a community where there are young children that need these things. You can spend quantity time with kids that are not your own. You can spend, uh, you can um, teach children that are not your own and instruct them. And I encourage you to do that for mine. And if you see mine need some discipline, you've got my permission, if you're doing it in love, to discipline them. And please come tell me about it and I'll probably discipline them again. So thank you for your time. Thank you. Uh, uh, pray for Brother Tim as he comes. And if you've never thanked him for teaching on raising children before, I encourage you to do that.